and welcome to Not A Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about season four, episode 20, 420 plays it, went to a garden potty. It did kind of feel a little, uh, let's just say, under the influence this yeah, week. I think maybe the episode was stoned. I, I felt stoned watching this episode. It did kind of feel like you were stoned. Like, I sort of <laughs> wanted to eat, like, a big plate of nachos afterwards and, mm-hmm. like, just think, man. Wow. Anyways, let's get into the episode yeah. description. Um, all right. In the aftermath of his parents' divorce... Wait, I want to pause. They have only separated as far as we're aware. They're getting divorced. Whatever. So, in the aftermath of his parents' divorce, Will salvages a beloved garden gnome nicknamed Squatsy... And proudly plants the childhood relic in his apartment's community garden until Grace accidentally delivers a coup de gras on the gnome's dome with a shovel. Wow, that was just like so many, so, so much. much. I I will say that there was about like a two and a half minute period where I was like really in depth because I was like, yeah, we're carrying forward a plot point from last week. Woo! And then it was a gnome. And then it was a gnome. The gnome was the plot point. If your parents ever split up, what would you save from their house? Ooh, that's a good question. I wish I'd thought about that before we started the podcast. Mm. Um, I like the element of surprise. The element of surprise is good. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, a thing that's in my parents' house. I mean, like, not even, like, the outside stuff. Like, my mom has, like, a bird bath and, like, this, like, old-timey, like, millstone wheel that's, like, decoration. I don't Mm. want any of that. Um... I like some of their couches. You'd save a couch? Nah, I probably didn't save it, though. There's some fun end tables, but I'm not allowed to have any more end tables Oh my god, Matthew has an end table problem. He's gonna go to end tables <laughs> anonymous soon. What did you save from your parents' house? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, part of me wants to say, like, pictures or something. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, pictures don't count. But, like, yeah, pictures don't really count. I think maybe if there, there was this big painting they had in the living room for a very long time mm. that I think has been moved to the basement. And it was just, like, a scene of, like, a cabin in the woods. And I don't know why, but I always used to stare at it when I was a kid. So, like, mm. maybe I'd want that. Maybe you secretly want a cabin in the woods. No, I hate being outdoors. Right, but you'd be indoors. In the woods. Yeah, you'd be inside outside. But that's yeah. how everyone is all the time. No, I don't want to be in the woods. There are bears there. <laughs> but if you're in the cabin, the bears can't get you. You don't know that. Let's talk about this episode. Yes. Where uh, Will inherits something smaller than a cabin, but and smaller than a bear, but no less deadly. Okay, so this gnome is huge. It's a well. It's how large garden gnomes are in like big houses. I guess. Yeah, I've just only ever seen like tiny garden gnomes. Right, but you've only ever seen tiny plots of land. No, that's not true. I went to Switzerland one time. Well, okay, but that's classy. Like you have to like you've seen like a big classy estate probably, and you've seen like cute little like suburban homes that have like tiny gnomes in their tiny gardens like if you have a big yard you have to have proportionally bigger gnomes i just assumed will was a stupid child who bought his parents a very very large gnome yeah and that's also a possibility i just think it was weird that he wanted something he'd bought his parents like that's something that like my crazy aunt keeps trying to do with like my my grandparents passed away a couple of years ago and they're starting to clear out the house finally and she wants to get all the stuff she gave to my grandparents and that's weird to me. It is weird, but I, I mean, I see her point. I guess, but it's sort of like, oh, well, my return policy was death. Like, <laughs> upon their death, all items I purchased from my parents will be returned to me. Well, okay, but look at it this way. Like, it would be weird if, like, one of your other, like, aunts and uncles took that instead of okay, your aunt. I should reiterate, most of this stuff is crap. Oh, I totally agree that like, she's I'm crazy. Like, I'm talking, like, 
dollar store earrings and shit. Like, she's like, oh, "Oh, I want this hat back that I made mom because I made it for mom. And it's like... I see her side of the argument, but I think she's her being so, like, militant about it is crazy. She's just kind of crazy. She is crazy in general. a little weird. Yeah, but anyways, okay, so back to the gnome. It's huge and ugly and... Apparently, Will used to make wishes on it. Yeah, that was weird. And it had, like, had you, a really pointy hat. Do you make... Well, gnomes have pointy hats. But it got a big pointy hat. Like, well, because it was a big gnome. It was yeah. like the Travelocity gnome. I think it might have been bigger than the Travelocity gnome. It's definitely gnome. bigger than the Travelocity gnome. And then the gnome... Okay, so just to reiterate, he made wishes on the gnome. Is that a thing? I think it might be. I'm not really familiar with gnomes. I want to Google that. My gnome-related knowledge is that gnomes are a thing that rich people have in their gardens, and they used to be actual peasants before sculptors decided to make sculpted gnomes because that was more affordable. So Hmm. let's think about that as we contemplate the pros and cons and mostly cons of the patriarchy and capitalism. I mean, obviously, Will's family owned slaves back in the olden days. (laughs) I mean, not necessarily because he's from the north. They clearly did. I mean, I don't feel comfortable speculating on the slave-owning potential of fictional characters. All right, well, when That you, seems like a fool's errand. When you Google Wake a Wish on a Gnome, it brings up stuff about wishing wells in fairy gardens. So I guess you could probably make a wish on a gnome. Mm-hmm. And Will certainly did. And then he made his gnome Scottish-Irish pirate? Yeah. Either way, Will has an unhealthy attachment to this gnome, and the ultimate fate of the gnome, which is that Grace destroys it with a shovel, is well-earned. Yes, and that gnome needed to die. Yeah. She had to kill it. But before we get to that part, there's just a lot of weirdness that goes on. Oh my god, So yeah. there's this, like, community garden that just is invented this episode, um, because they need a place to put the gnome. And, yeah, I... It's not the weirdest thing that Will and Grace has done, it's just mm-hmm. having... Because, um, like, they make a joke about how, like, Will's like, I thought we sold our plot back on that and Grace was like oh there was a long form you had to fill out it was easier just to keep paying the bill right right and like mood I've, I've been there been there this is why I still have a gym membership like, but then there's like this guy who's got his prize lettuce there okay. and like the groundskeeper is very strange and lonely and sad I don't understand the lettuce like how good can lettuce really be it's prize winning from who? Who gives out prizes for lettuce? It's New York. They have weirder prizes. Do they? You've seen the Tiny Dick contest, right? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, okay, that's weirder. I don't know. Lettuce is pretty weird. I just mean, okay, especially because... You can take out your lettuce in public, though. I guess. I'm just saying, like, I looked at that lettuce. I'm pretty sure it was iceberg lettuce. Iceberg lettuce sucks. <laughs> I have hard opinions on this. Iceberg is bad lettuce. You heard it here first, everyone. Tess has hard opinions on lettuce. I do. But I soft hard. opinions on tiny penises. I do have soft opinions on tiny penises. Well, they don't get that big. Why would I get hard for a tiny penis? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we have prize-winning lettuce guy who's, like, really mean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, he's understandably mean to Squatsy the Gnome because, like, it's Squatsy the Gnome. Right, right, right. He doesn't have the inhibitions of Grace who has to, like, still be Will's friend later and is like, okay, well, I guess, like, having a gnome that you make wishes on isn't the weirdest thing you've done. Yeah, I mean, like, and Grace tries to be accommodating. She's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I don't want this ugly fucking gnome in the house. Let's put it in the garden. Mm-hmm. And then, in true Grace fashion, she becomes obsessed with gardening. Right. Which, why? I don't know. And then both her and Will, like, freak out over a, a worm in their garden. They're not good at yarning. I mean, like, I'm not really into bugs and shit. Like, I, I will be honest with you. I don't like creepy crawly things. I don't super love worms. But if I'm digging in dirt. Like, what do you think is going to be in there? Right, yeah, I'm totally expecting great. worms. I, I'm not going to love it. I'm not going to pick it up and be like, this is my pet worm 
Francis now, but mm. I, I, I would Good not... Good name for a worm. Yeah, Francis is a great name for a worm. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't scream and freak out and throw worms at the prize lettuce. I'm going to hold you to that. I mean, okay, I have screamed once in the vicinity of a worm, but in my defense, it was not my fault. My cousin threw a wax worm that he was using to go fishing in my hair. Ew. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was fair. That's a good scream. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know what to do with this episode because it's so weird so consistently. Yes. Like, the, the least weird thing that happens is that Grace ultimately breaks the gnome, which right. has been telegraphed from the beginning. Yeah, like, I, like from the moment this gnome is introduced, you are waiting for Grace to break it. Chekhov's gnome. It is Chekhov's gnome. Mm-hmm. It's Chekhov's gnome. But, like, when the... The gnome is broken, like, Grace throws the prize-winning lettuce guy into the bus. Yeah. And then Will starts peeing on his lettuce. Yes. And then there's, like, but then, a... Okay, that's the other thing I have to ask. Did he actually successfully pee on the lettuce, or did he... I think he, he just started peeing on the lettuce. Or did he just, like, unzip and prepare? I think he prepared. I don't really know how, like, peeing with a penis works. I'm going to tell you one thing. Either he start did not start, or he completely finished. Because there was no way he'd be able to get his dick back into his pants that fast without there being a giant water stain well, on his pants. that's kind of what I was wondering, because, like, you know, I know, like, you kind of have to, like, kegels to stop the flow yes, when I Yes, and it's pee. very painful. And, like, I would imagine, like, having to then put your shit away mm-hmm. would... And, like, I just, I'm assuming he was ventral enough that he probably drank a lot of water. Like, he was prepared. He did not seem prepared, though. It seemed like a crime of passion. Oh, a crime of... A piss of passion. A piss of passion. <laughs> 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 to avenge Squatsy. But then, like, all of a sudden, all of the characters are just there like it's like they all live in the garden all of a sudden like okay, and then, that's what i couldn't figure out because the episode description makes it sound like it was the apartment complex's community garden right but they didn't in the episode make it seem that way at all they made it seem like it was a garden for the neighborhood and it was yes. across the street yes but then everyone got there immediately as soon as will started right. peeing on the lettuce yeah so like and it's like the dead of night and they're he's gonna pee on the lettuce and then yeah i don't then Lettuce Guy is there, and he's like, I lost my job. I mean, I embezzled a little, but it was mostly the lettuce. <laughs> and I was... The lettuce is all I have. The lettuce is all I have. And then the weird, like, guy who had the kind of funky voice is there, and he's like, I've had a hard month, too. And then there's a group hug. Like, literally, this episode made me feel stoned. This whole part. It was the devil's lettuce. That's why the... That's, it was the devil's lettuce. That's it was, why it's prize winning. It was the devil's lettuce. <laughs> Now I understand why the lettuce made him lose his job. Yeah, because he was He was, he was smoking it. the lettuce. Smoking the ganj. <laughs> Can you tell that we don't smoke weed very often? Because we're like, it was a marijuana. <laughs> he smoked the marijuana plant. <laughs> I've never even drank a weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. I actually did read somewhere that some people like like to make cannabis tea. And I just, oh, I've heard of that. And I just think about how bad weed tastes. Yeah. That doesn't sound like an appealing tea to me. I'm telling you, it's edible. Edible is the way to go. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing put, that puts you in a better headspace than eating a delicious brownie. Think about it. You know, honestly, though, I've been so sensitive to the ingredients people are putting in brownies lately that, like, I was eating a brownie the other day, and I'm like, there's too much vegetable oil in this. So, like, knowing me, I would take one bite of the weed brownie and be like, no, there's too much cannabis in this. <laughs> and I would just be critiquing it, being like, it's a little underbaked. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have to live with, everyone. <laughs> Just, like, overall critiquing the brownie's quality and also the quality of the weed. You better critique it fast before the weed takes effect, because then your critique will change. Doesn't it take, like, half an hour? I mean, I've never done edibles before. Like, 20 minutes. I'm not really an edible. When you eat it, it absorbs the bloodstream faster, I think. Mm. Don't quote me on that. I I know that you can get, like, higher with edibles. You can. Anyone out there who's listening, like, know stuff about weed? 
We're not asking for the NSA. We're just asking because we don't know. <laughs> we genuinely don't know, and I have questions. <laughs> All, All right. right, let's talk about Jack and Karen this week. Okay. Senior Mattress. Senior Mattress. I, I love that this episode, this plotline has so much to do that it doesn't even have, like, the Senior Mattress guy introduced properly. No. Like, it just opens up on him having a conversation with Karen, and Karen's like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. Literally, it's, in like, in the middle of this conversation. Like, clearly, they have been speaking for a while. At least 20 minutes. And Karen is like, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> Apparently, Senior Mattress is Stan's old business partner. Yes, and it kind of seems like a Jacob Marley, Ebenezer Scrooge situation, except then uh, Senior Mattress got cold feet and decided not to do all of the stuff that Stan did, and then mm-hmm. Stan got very rich, but also very imprisoned, so, you know. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Senior Mattress isn't in prison, he just only has one mattress store, and that's very sad. Yes, but he his sales aren't doing great, because he can't compete with the big firms. So he comes- also, there's only one store. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I was looking at a place to buy mattresses and I was like, well, this is a big corporation and you have literally one mattress store, I think I'm just going to go to the corporation. Yeah. I don't love corporations, but like... But yeah, I feel like my last mattress was from Steinhoffel's. Yeah. At least I know that they're like a company that if I call customer service, there will be someone who will customer service me. Like, based on the quality of the senior mattresses commercial, I would not be surprised if there were dead things inside of the senior mattress mattresses. The quality of the senior mattress commercial makes me think of, did you ever see that horribly controversial commercial a few years ago that was like um, a family-owned mattress store that made two towers of mattresses no. and had a 9-11 sale and then two of the dudes dove into the mattress towers and knocked them over and then the woman's like we will never forget at the end I'm gonna we'll have to link it or something yeah like, I, as I am not as obsessed with 9-11 as you are I, no I am not familiar with the 9-11 mattress commercial oh it was a big thing it was like I think it was the 10th anniversary too it was bad well I mean if you're gonna have a sale you know I guess go big or go home you know in if we haven't destroyed America in 50 years, we probably will be having 9-11 sales. That's probably. just a fact of life. Is that it'll be a Patriots Day sale. Yes. Patriots if we had the day off of work, we'd already have it. Ugh, I wish we had the day off of work. So you could watch 9-11 conspiracy videos all day? 102 Minutes is a great film. <laughs> <laughs> the way Jack gets roped into this is that he just happens to walk in while Karen is making Senior Mattress go away. Yes. And, and finds out that she needs an actor. And he just... Pulls his headshot, like, out of the inside of his jacket. I was very impressed. That was impressive. That might have been my favorite part of the episode. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. That was very good. I like that a lot. And Karen's like, no, no, Jack. We can't use you. We need, like, a hunky, husky, burly, white, straight dude for the senior mattress commercial. And then Jack's response to convince her that he can play straight is to, like, dip her and kiss her. I did also appreciate that Jack is extremely bisexual for Karen. He is. And, you know, I think that's allowed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But she's convinced uh, that he can play straight. I don't think the end result turned out super hot. Okay, so the senior mattress commercial is a joke. It's just, it's bad. So essentially, it starts with white dude in a sombrero and like, are you having trouble sleeping at night? <laughs> and then it cuts to Jack in bed with a woman and he's like, honey, do you want to... <clears throat> implication being sex... And then she's like, no, I'm tired and irritable because I never get any sleep. And he's like, but honey, I'm a man who has needs. And she's like, no, you're not touching me until we get a new mattress. And I'm not a super 100% on the gender roles there. No. But I'm not going to lie. If someone was not buying me a new mattress and they were the main breadwinner, I would not be sleeping with them either. Yeah. 
But yeah, so it's this like patriarchal bullshit of a commercial, and then essentially the end is, oh, they got a mattress, so now, now they can, have, they can sex. have sex. Isn't that really the point of mattress commercials, though? No. Like they say, it's like for sleep. You know what? This is a fabulous time to bring up our not-sponsor Casper Mattresses. (laughs) Casper Mattresses will send you a a bed in a bag, and then you don't have to go to Senior Mattress and find dead things in your mattresses. That is a good point. But yeah, so so Jack does this commercial, and he plays straight well. Better than expected. Better than expected, correct. Yes, he does. And then they show the commercial, and Karen is ecstatic. And offers him 30 whole dollars to do another commercial. That's a $70 pay cut from what he originally made. Which was $100. Yes. Because she's going to put a three in front of that zero, but then take one of the zeros away. <laughs> um, but then Jack becomes concerned. Yeah, there's this whole... He goes into this bit where he's concerned about getting straight cast. Okay. I don't think he uses that term, but he doesn't want to just get straight roles for the rest of his career. Which... It's kind of laughable. It doesn't really seem like a problem. Or yeah. or more accurately, like, Jack should be looking for work anyways, and it's 2002. Yeah, he's not going to get the gay roles of his dreams, really. Yeah. Like, queer is focus barely happening. Right. Like, so, essentially, he goes to consult with Zandra, the acting coach. Zandra with a Z. Zandra with a Z. We saw her back during Prison Blues when she gave yes. Will that acting class... Um, so she basically threatens to assault Jack with a fork <laughs> because she's like, how stupid are you that you got paying work and then you turned it yeah, down? She's, which is pretty odd for Will and Grace. Yeah. Like, she's just so straight with him. She's like, are you kidding me? She's like, first of all, you're not talented. So I don't know who the fuck gave you this job. <laughs> but second of all, the fact that you turned this down is stupid. Stupid. She's like, go back to whoever gave it to you and beg them for it back. <laughs> and so then the next scene is Jack, like, tugging on Karen. She'll be like, please, please, please. Well, this bit I thought was actually the funniest part of this bit, which wasn't super great, was that Karen doesn't give it back to Jack. No. And then just does it herself. Yes. So then we have the same script as the original, but it's Karen and the woman in bed. And she's like, honey, I'm a, I'm a man. I have needs. <laughs> But, like, while, like, pushing her boobs out. Yeah, like, and she's, like, 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 pulling, like, the sleeve off yeah, of her, yeah. like, robe or whatever. It's funny. It, it's, it's weird. It's very weird. But it's funny. Yeah. But, yeah. It definitely seems like the kind of commercial that would be on Game Show Network. Absolutely. At about 11.30 at night. Uh-huh. After you watched eight episodes of Match Game 72. If we didn't watch any more episodes, I'm going to blank in my pants. <laughs> Yeah, so overall, it was it was a weird episode. A very weird episode. Yeah. And I, I think Will and Grace is allowed to do weird episodes like this every once in a while. Because it wasn't, like, a bad episode. No. I just, I feel like sometimes they do this where they take two bizarre plot lines and they don't know what to do with them and they can't make them work with the other plot mm-hmm. lines. So they just tie them together very loosely. And it, yeah. And it works out to be kind of like the Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, and that's a very, like, we have a 24-episode order kind of problem. Yeah, like... This is episode 20. We have four more episodes to go and no real, like, meaty plot line that we need to address yet. Yeah. So, so you know. You know, it happens. There's always next week. Yes, there is always next week. All right. Speaking of next week, Matthew, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us on the internet? Sure. The best place to look for us is on our Twitter page, at Show. That's right, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you can also send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com or look for us on Facebook, uh, Tumblr, 
Uh, where else are we on? Podbean. Uh, Facebook, Tumblr, uh, or find our podcast on iTunes and Podbean. All right, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Now a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Hi, Eliza. Do you speak Spanish? No. This week's episode was brought to you by Senior Mattress. Ay, caramba, Senior Mattress. We promise there are no dead animals in our mattresses. We checked. Yay!